I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% a podcast host, and the podcast is called No Worries If Not. I have a great time doing it with my good friend, Andrew Stanley. And my name's Aaron Tuning. I didn't say that. Yeah, and I'm Andrew Stanley. Yeah, I feel like my white blandness has taken over a lot of those songs. I wanted to mix in some some fun R&B hip-hop stuff. You know, shouts out Lizzo, big listener. Yeah, was that in your top... uh, (laughs) One of your top uh, Spotify listened to for the year that song has been in my yeah top 100 for the last like three years great song love it um what a what a day what a fun episode we had today a great episode um i mean (laughs) wildlife expert was on my list of like we got to find a wildlife expert to talk to and Mm -hmm. boy did we find one we did a wildlife expert conservationalist Mm -hmm. yeah just massive animal lover snake jumper mantis collector big bug guy Uh uh-huh he's a bug catcher patient podcast host educator Yes. We learned a lot. We were very dumb, and he answered all of our dumb questions. And uh, at one point, Aaron just asked him what his favorite four animals are. <laughs> but he had the best answer, of he course. Had amazing, he was like, well, that's very broad. But he gave great answers. We learned about new animals. Yep. One, there was a fish that is smarter than toddlers. Yeah. Which I don't like that at all. No, that feels like they're going to take over. No. His name is Christian Cave. Yes. Which is a great cool. name. His real name. Real name. You, yeah, you normally, I feel like the wildlife people like change their names to like Chandler Jurassic or yeah, something. Yeah, that's like if you were Andrew Stageman or something. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, or if I was like Aaron H- Handsome Guy. Yeah, exactly. Just always, two on the nose. Yeah, there would be people would be like, clearly he has seen himself and then named himself that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Christian and his friends go by Caveman Wildlife Crew. They have blown up on TikTok the last year and a half, two years. The content... It's the best. It just came up on my For You page. I followed him for a while, saw that he was in Atlanta, reached out, and we had him on the show. Yeah, we talk about it a lot, but basically every TikTok he does is him like safely capturing a wild animal, holding it, it's biting him, and he's just <laughs> talking through the pain, educating you about what type of snake this is, and admiring its colors. And he enjoys it so much that it's fun to watch, and it's also fun to watch him be so excited about what he's doing yeah and like, he's brilliant he knows all the um the species names i don't even know what to he say. knows all the latin stuff <laughs> yeah so it sounds like he's casting a spell when uh-huh. he says them and, which uh, makes sense you get bit by a snake i would i would curse him yeah and also he's only 21 and he knows so much about wildlife and seems like everything yeah felt super smart cool super guy. dumb he's wonderful yep great so that's, time that's great and before we get to that, I think we've got advertisement for today. Aaron, why don't, you, uh, why don't you do that ad read? Of course. I love this company. This is one of my favorite companies of all time. Well, then let's hear you talk about it. Attention, moms. Does your kid wet the bed? Sure, it was cute at first, but now he's 14 and we really need to get a handle on this before college. But what can be done? Probably nothing, right? Wrong. Introducing Tinkle Ferrets. 
Our ferrets are highly trained to detect when your child is about to pee the bed. As soon as our sleek weasel's urine senses start tingling, he bites your child on the toe, waking them up before they ruin another pair of sheets. Take your tinkle ferret to your kid's next sleepover. Our little guy will patrol the whole room and bite any kid that had too much Sprite with dinner before they create a devastating situation on the air mattress. But wait, there's more. Tinkle ferrets aren't just for kids. Take one to your grandmother's nursing home and he'll be biting old wrinkly feet all day. Once your child or grandmother has been sufficiently conditioned slash frightened to not wet the bed anymore, you can return your tinkle fare to us and we'll send them on to the next family. We do not recommend keeping them as pets once they are finished with their task. If our ferrets don't have a job to do, they get very frustrated and start biting the toes of people with empty bladders. Order now with promo code SOMEWORRIESIFWET for 20% off your first tinkle ferret rental. Tinkle Ferrets, a little bit of pain for no more stain. Thank you to Tinkle Ferrets. Thank you, Tinkle Ferrets. That is an ad that um, I wrote, I admit it. Uh, oh. As many people somehow still don't know, we write these ads for each other to read, mm-hmm. allegedly. Um, but I was invited to be on the MomCon Mops podcast a few weeks ago, and they listen. So Mops? Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers. Oh, got it. Obviously. Uh, and I had done uh, their conference this year, so I got to meet all the MOP leadership, and they had me on their podcast, and they listened to ours, so they were like, if you would, please bring an advertisement for us to read. So I wrote that one for them to read. Did it crush? Uh, yeah, they were they, they died laughing. I don't know <laughs> if that episode is out yet, but you guys can check out the MOPs podcast. Um, but they wrote an ad for me to read, and it is too dirty for me to read on this podcast. What? It was, had a lot to do with my wedding night. And uh, I was very, it was very uncomfortable, but hilarious that I, I was worried about like writing one too inappropriate for them, and then they just went like full <laughs> overboard. That's great. It made me think I could have done different jokes at MomCon. I was just like, I was joking backstage. I was like, what if I went out there because it's like a thousand moms? I was just like, I know how you guys became moms. <laughs> just like, it's like getting all those jokes out of my system, and now I'm just like, I think I could have done that, and they would have loved it. They would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying if you go out there and say MILFCON an accident. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, also, so, uh, shout out to MomCon. A little bit of housekeeping. Thanks to the reviews. We love them. Yeah, thanks for the reviews. They keep us going. They're the gas in our tanks, baby. They sure do. And also thanks to everybody who was sharing that we were their most listened to podcast this Your year. Spotify wrapped. Pretty yeah. cool. It was fun to see our dumb faces pop up on people's wrapped. It was, yeah. And the, and the people that shared on the stories, very nice. If you use Apple Music, what are you doing? How do we even know that you care about us? I know. I don't even know you exist. Um, so we have 54 ratings now Feels on great. iTunes. Pretty cool. We have 53 five stars mm-hmm. and one four star. Who? Who are you? Who does that? Who do you think you are? You review it if you love it or hate it normally, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it should be a five or a one. I, I don't I respect your choice, but come on. The only thing I can think of is like they loved everything except for like one thing about us that they just like kept them from giving us a fifth star. Yeah. Like probably like my voice or something. It's probably your voice, which is they're like he says funny stuff, but his voice is just intolerable to very me. bad, very monotone. I hate yeah, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It's the whole I'm a, loop, I'm a warm situation. I'm gonna work on it. Old old J Sus talked about it. Lukewarm, you know, bad. Yeah. Oh, it took me a second. I was like, is that the person that left the review? Jay Sus? That's his street name. 
You didn't know that? No. Uh, I hope that Jesus would give us five stars. I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, so yeah, leave us some more reviews. Yeah. We love it. Um, Did you want to read one? Yeah, a couple quick ones. Just a few life lessons. I'll pass on. This is on ch- Apple. This is from Hunter. Yeah. So actually, we do appreciate those of you that are on Apple. And oh Spotify. shoot! We love both. <laughs> we really do. Um, Hunter said hi. Just a few life lessons. I'll pass on to my children. The Bible is pretty metal. Yep. Live baby. I don't remember why we said that. Oh, about the cutting the baby in half, probably. Oh, true. Yeah, we did reference that. And then number three, I'm pretty sure the Braves won the World Series, but don't fact check me on that. Thanks, Hunter. <laughs> and this is a very nice one from Megan. My favorite type of podcasts are the ones I learn something new, the ones that make me laugh, and the podcasts that make me want to be part of the conversation. Y'all hit all those boxes. Wow, that is very nice. That is very nice. The four-star reviewer didn't leave any words. I'd love to know your reason. Coward. <laughs> so mad right now. Oh, man. We'll all right, but yeah, it. review it. Thank you. Love you. Never die. Please don't. Yeah. How's, uh, how, how's your week? You get some shows? Your NoFo show with Van. Did, did NoFo. I saw Van back-to-back nights. Always a pleasure. Very fun. Great. Um, I did make a mistake at the show. I... Uh, I was trying. I, I always put a lot of pressure on myself at those shows because it's a lot of the same audience every time. So I've like I've done through most of my material in front of them. So I always try to think of like new things to talk about. So I was talking about the Braves winning the World Series, and then I was like, uh, I would just ask them. I was like, I'm trying to figure out what to get my dad for Christmas. What are y'all getting your dads for Christmas? Because I was like, that'd risky be a question, fun, a fun uh, crowd work thing. And then no one was answering, so I just pointed to a guy in the front row. I was like, What are you getting your dad for Christmas, sir? And he goes, My dad is dead. And I was, uh, so yeah, so I was like, that's why I don't do crowd work anymore. Um, but then I said, uh, you know, it's probably one of the best parts of having a dead dad is, uh, <laughs> no more presents. You don't have to figure out what's game for Christmas. And so that won him back over. But, uh, yeah, scary moment there. Just pointed to the guy with the dead dad. Do you, your heart so drop a little bit? Show. A little bit, but also it's kind of like, I think I can make this funny. Yeah. You know the deal. He seemed like he said it in a way that I was like, I think his dad didn't like just die. Yeah. I just came from the hospital. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, actually I was hoping tonight would be a distraction from (laughs) it. No, he seemed, he was super cool about his deceased father. (laughs) Good. Um, Other than that, the show was great. Shows were fun. Nofo is always a great time. Y'all should come out. Next one's going to be in January sometime. Great. Actually, I have the date. You say something while I pull up the date. Okay. um, Oh, you have a new New Year's resolution slash hobby. I do. I jump started my New Year's resolution. Um, I'm a Pilates boy now. Let's go. <laughs> have you done Pilates before? I have done it a couple of times during the shutdown. Uh, Anna was doing Pilates videos, so I joined her for some of those mm-hmm. and gained a respect for it through that. But then um, when things started opening back up, I went with her and her mom and her sister to like a real class, like an intermediate class. With the machine? With the reformer machines. Yeah, that's what I did. And I think I, that was like six months ago. I think I'm still sore. Yep. I've, uh, I have I did the class on Tuesday. My neighbor, Randy, she has a studio and took five or six of our neighbors Yeah, and did like an after hours class for us. And it was the best. It hurt so good. I was so shaky. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I've been, I've been stomping around like a drunk toddler walking for days. Yeah. But I am proud to announce that I'm ripped now. Yeah, I got an absolute dump truck. You guys can't see. No, it is just. I mean, I got a J Lo tank back there now. Yeah, one one forty five minute Pilates session. It's all you need, and it's honestly all you need. Yeah. So, but I am joining. I'm going to join the gym. Joining Pilates. I'm going to go a couple times a week, and I will keep you all updated. 
if I can walk up the stairs to make it to record. Are you worried about being like too ripped? The too yeah that uh, <laughs> that and also that you're gonna be like the only man that is a member of this thing, and you're gonna get a reputation for that weird guy that comes to Pilates. That's a worry, but I don't. I know there's guys out there that want to talk to women in gyms. If if I had the option to have ten gorgeous single women in there or no one, I would pick no one every single time. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see me working out. It's me at my worst. I'm full wet. I'm grunting. Sometimes I cry. Uh-huh. Almost throw up. Yeah, vibrating. That's yeah. how I would felt. I was like, I didn't know I could vibrate this much. Exactly. When you're like holding stuff. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know that I could just like be shaking this much. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not I mean, an attractive thing for someone to watch you do. Well, that's when I work out, I'm like a cell phone. I have two modes. I'm either vibrating or loud. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of screams. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the only dude, but, um, yeah, is Ozzy licking you? No, I, I dropped a, okay, he's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. There, there's a couple guys that go, my neighbors, a couple guys might get into it with me. So that's so we'll great. See. Yeah. I love it. I'll go with you one time. Okay. I'll do a trial. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. I'll have, we'll have Randy on. That'd that, be fun. Oh, absolutely. That's Pilates great. instructor. Yeah. I love that. That's very fun. Okay. That'd we're going to do that. But right, before you'd... we get to that in the new year. Yeah. We got a great episode today. We sure do. Let me tell you. Fantastic episode. You're going to love them. Christian Cave and the Caveman Wildlife crew are going to hear all about it. Um, please enjoy this conversation with Christian Cave. Also, real quick, uh, it's January 25th. We'll be the next NoFo shows. In okay. Okay. Anybody wants to go. So please enjoy that show on the 25th. But before then, enjoy our conversation with Christian Cave. No worries if not. No worries if not. Christian Cave, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? How are you guys? Good. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming inside. <laughs> yeah, sorry about all these walls and the ceiling and the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, lack of dirt and critters. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have one critter. We do. When uh, when Ozzy came upstairs, I heard Aaron ask, "Do you like dogs?" It's <laughs> a very dumb question. And I was just like, "What if he didn't like dogs? What if I was terrified?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Good with snakes. It's actually yeah. terrifying. Snakes, snapping turtles, great. No dogs. That's why I spend no. so much time in the woods. There's not that many cocker spaniel poodles out there." <laughs> Uh, that's your real name, Christian Cave. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That Christian is that's Cave. absolutely perfect. There's like some pictures, Bob Walk. It's a perfect picture name. <laughs> yeah. You're like Cave, Cave, being an outdoorsman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's perfect. Hence Caveman. That's yeah. also that's kind of the tomb, right? Jesus' tomb. Mm-hmm. That's what we call I, it. Right? That's where I went. There's one Christian Cave that we all know about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've tried to Google my name before to kind of check if I've ever actually got any relevance in the world. And every time I put in Christian Cave, it's just actual religious cave somewhere yeah, yeah, in yeah. Europe or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. the stone rolled away. Yeah. <laughs> that checks yeah, out. It just links to Easter services. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like if you can get big enough and successful enough that you come up instead of Easter. <laughs> oh, okay. If you can get bigger than Easter, you'll know you've made it. Oh my gosh! I am the main Christian cave now. <laughs> uh, what? What do you? What's your job title? What do you say you do? Oh, I, I, I said so, outdoorsman. That's wrong. I guess you could say outdoorsman. I, I call myself like a wildlife conservationist and educator. Is like what I call it. I mean. That's my main goal, wildlife conservation through the work that I'm doing. But right now, it's like I'm 21 years old and uh, I'm trying to build an, a following. So I guess it would be more education than I've done hands-on conservation yet. So kind of just a little mix of those two in, in between. But hopefully at some point when I 
it gets a little bit bigger, I can start saving wildlife and wilderness areas. And then I can go, I'm a conservationist. Like yeah. Through and through yeah. And yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you build your audience now. That's how you make an impact later. Right. Yeah. You can't just jump right into the conserving as one man. You got to get an army behind you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say exactly. And exactly. you have kind of already, dude, your TikTok is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. It, it took off. I, I, I hated TikTok. I was just, actually, I was telling Aaron, I was like, I hated TikTok for like the longest time. Yeah, I, I did too. Was, music like dancing and stuff like that and yeah. everybody was like dude you got to get on tiktok because it'll blow you up it'll blow up the following and i was like i'm not doing that i'm not dancing with snakes or whatever like that like, you don't got to dance and finally like i got on there and uh it was like people seem to receive our content super super well and then it just took like one kind of just throwaway video that i thought was like okay i'm just gonna post this while i get a haircut and it started like doing numbers and i was kind of like all right, all right cool and i took a nap and i woke up and my phone was just flooded <laughs> i was like what is going on and what was the video so not even like the craziest thing you could think of. Like I had posted so many, so there's just like a genus, I'll call it. It's Nerodia. So it's, they're water snakes and they're found all throughout Georgia, really all of you over the United States, different species. But this particular one's called a plain bellied water snake, uh, Nerodia erythrogaster. So it's like this really brown on the top side, brown snake. And then the belly is like a nice orange, just red coloration. Mm -hmm. It can be pretty cool, pretty striking. And so long story short, um, there's these, uh, guys who'd come up from Florida, they're uh, really cool people. Um, they're wildlife guys as well. And we all met up at a park to go. So the term is called herping, but herping? <laughs> yeah, I did that. Whole... I did that in college and it took me a while to get over it. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Yeah. I was herping today. <laughs> it sounds like a mixture between herpes and LARPing, <laughs> which are neither of yeah. them are. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, anytime you say that, everybody's like, well, "You have what?" I'm like, "No, no, stop." Okay, so no, it's my me. friends. They're in town. It's, like, it's <laughs> me and the boys in the woods, just getting our herp on. Oh my gosh! So they call it that because it's like herpetology. You know, the study of insects. Uh, of, of course. Oh, so, well, pardon me. The study of reptiles and amphibians. Entomology is insects. Sorry, but herpetology, reptiles and amphibians. So when you go out to look for reptiles and amphibians, they're like, "We're herpers," or "We go herping," and so. I try to come up with a different word for that. But anyway, so we're out there and we're herping and we're looking around for wildlife and we're on this bridge and um, one of somebody in the crew was like, oh, oh, look at that right there in the water. And there's just this really pretty water snake with his head up. It was my first time seeing that particular species. So I was nerding out already. And so I, how we just started the video was there was like this wooden bridge and my cameraman Bobby was just like, all right, yeah, go. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm on. All right. And I just, I didn't, I didn't realize after the fact that I did, I gave no introduction. Like I didn't go, guys, this right here, and I'm gonna go do this. I just said, oh, it's going cool. And I just hopped off the bridge and jumped in the water and came up with a snake, and it just starts tearing me up because they're super, super defensive. And all, long story short, I come up and do my video spiel, da da da, and all that. So that's back in August, and so now it's like February, and I post that video, and it starts doing numbers. And when I read the comment section, it wasn't the fact because all these people had seen me kind of catch a snake before. It was just the fact that all the new viewers, they were like, "This guy gave like no introduction. Like we thought the video was just gonna. I thought like it was like I said like this is my first time ever. And then I walked across the bridge and jumped in the water and pulled up this snake. And they were like, I thought he was saying it was his first time walking across the bridge. Like yeah, we didn't know so what the heck was going on. And so it was kind of like a shock value thing, I guess, with that. But then like. People, I feel like, got super, super nostalgic because, I mean, I grew up on Steve Irwin, the Crocodile Hunter, and so that was where I got a lot of my inspiration from and my content today, and so they were just kind of like, it was like a mix in the comments between, like, leave the snake alone, you're an idiot, you're going to die, <laughs> and then, like, hey, this guy reminds me of Steve Irwin, and then, yeah. like, oh, this is super informational and cool, but it really didn't get, that did well on TikTok, like, four more in views, and then, like, it was like, okay, that was cool, and it went viral, but then, like, later on that month, somebody put that video on Twitter and was like, 
they like they made the comment super weird like the caption super weird too they were like forget asterisk 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 and like it was somebody's name but you couldn't see what it was kind of because it was in stars and then they were like this guy needs promotion or whatever like that and then that just went viral and then it was everything blew up from that point on and yeah it was like okay amazing yeah so tiktok <laughs> that that is funny that you didn't give an introduction to the video it looks like oh this guy's just jumping off a bridge because that is like what tiktok is sometimes it's like oh the kid jumping off a bridge <laughs> and then you come up with just a snake biting your arm yeah and apparently it was the fact that i didn't react to it at all either because i mean i've been bitten by countless snakes and of different size and all that so now it's like a it hurts, but it's not like a, ah, oh, like the first time I got bit, I was like, oh my gosh. Now it's just kind of like, a, okay, stop doing that. Like, or I'm sorry, whatever. You know, I'm always apologizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm apologizing to the snake because I feel bad for him. He's just thinking I'm a bird or something about to rip him in half. And I'm like, and then they calm down. But yeah, everybody's just like, this dude just got bit by a wild snake and did not react. And he just kept going. And I was like, oh. That's how you know you're the real deal is when you get bit and don't react big. <laughs> like Steve Irwin would do that. I remember the talk show where he had a python around his neck. Do you remember that? And it bites his <laughs> yes. neck, but he just keeps talking. I was just watching that like, last he's night. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's, he's such a great creature. He's actually biting my neck right now. But yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? You're capable of narrating yourself getting bit by anything. I think if I was on TV and I got stung by a bee, I would melt down. <laughs> if I saw a snake. Oh yeah. my goodness. And I couldn't talk anymore. There's no way. <laughs> it Crazy. is a hilarious thing to get used to. It's like, yeah, I'm just kind of used to serpents biting me. <laughs> It's just normal. Yeah. Just average, average. What yeah. is that journey? When's the first time you got bit by a snake? Okay. So, I grew, so, man. I want to know everything you've gotten bit by. Like okay. All okay, your injuries. Okay. Yeah, this is like, going to be all over the scar place. Because I was thinking about yeah. starting like when you're growing up, but I, let's hear this first. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So, the first, then, yeah, I'll go to that. So, the first time I got, I was always in the wildlife and all that, but I had never caught anything, if that makes sense. So, I knew. It was kind of like, it's like street smart versus like book smarts, you know? <laughs> it was like, I knew tons. I could rattle off scientific names, tell you all about it, what it ate, when it slept, what was his love interests and all that. But I couldn't yeah. like, catch one to save my life. And so I spent my senior year of high school just in the summertime jumping in countless creeks in my neighborhood, just face planting, trying to catch snakes until I finally got my hands on one. So I was probably about 18 and it just whipped around and just, just sunk all of its teeth straight into me. And I just like, I knew it was non-venomous, so I wasn't freaking out yeah. but i was you said just, you were 18 yeah 18. and you're 21 now so yeah, not 21 too now. long ago. yeah okay. so not too long ago yeah and so it was just it was freaky because i was like i just got bit by a snake and i was like the you know the thing that everybody was like doesn't want to do you get bit by a snake yeah. you know and it's a lot of people's biggest fear. fear yeah yeah i didn't realize that like i tell people now that now and they're like what the heck you get bit by snakes i'm like yeah all the time and i'm showing them scars and they're like that would be everybody's life story, like your like biggest story of their life. I got bit by a snake yeah. once. I would days. choose a new career. I would not go outside. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Outside is done oh my for gosh. me. Yeah. Pavement only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. Probably about eighteen and then countless bites after that. I mean, I was getting torn up. And I try not to now. I've gotten a lot better. Cause there's there's different ways you can go at them. I mean, it was just you can see a different like a definite like delineation between me starting and me now and how I approach snakes. If you go back and watch my earliest videos, it's like, okay, this dude just flinging himself into the water at stuff and just coming out and it's just ripping him to shreds and he's just smiling ear to ear. And now it's like kind of like a, okay, okay, okay. Like settle down, settle yeah. down. Like, I'm coming in all close on you. And then I can sometimes gently get them to pick up and they're just kind of, and they'll hit me once and now they're just kind of chilling or something like that. But, or maybe I don't get bit at all now. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a working. I did just see one that it got you pretty good, mm -hmm. bit you, and it the the it must must oh. musk to you. Yeah, what is, what that? is that? Yeah, it was musk. It was a musk, right? <laughs> add, an, add an ed to that. Musked. 
It's a hard word. Yeah, right? It's a tough one. Musk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you did like it was like slow mo. It's like Sounds look like at you it. Get shot with a musket or something. I got, <laughs> I got musk. I don't know what it is. It was a projectile <laughs> cream from the body. Yeah. Oh, snakes do that. Yeah. So what, what is this? That that's funny enough. That was actually a plain bellied water snake. Oh, as well, cool. And that was on the same bridge that that whole video oh, got. Yeah. Nice. So funny enough. But anyway, so musk is like the. Uh, byproduct of the digestive system i guess you like we all know this like the term scared list you know oh yeah <laughs> so it's poop. yeah they're not yeah they get scared crapless basically okay. and they'll send that stuff out and it smells horrible like i mean it especially water snakes because i mean their diet is dying fish and frogs and all that so you, you can imagine that smell and it's just it's a predator deterrent so if like a fox or a wolf was pulling up on them they just they open up they're like their private parts are called a cloaca. So they open up their vent and it just emits this foul smelling odor. And the animal's kind of like, all right, don't want to eat that anymore. And we'll leave it alone, hopefully. And if it's something like a possum, it might just still rip it in half. But, yeah. you know, so that's kind of their last line of defense if they're biting something and it's just not working or if they're puffing up and hissing. So, yeah, it. I've been musked countless times by all types of animals. Turtles, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> turtles do it too. It's almost worse than getting bitten. Yeah, yeah. Snapping turtles have a very interesting one like a it's a very Ugh. like a pungent one because yeah. they just dwell in swamps all yeah. day and all that are any of them good I'm not gonna lie a, gar- a garter snake musk it's not good it's not good but You're i was like not- i'd make this a candle like, <laughs> it's like actually anthropology has a candle <laughs> that is garter snake musk <laughs> the garter snakes I, I just recently i started catching them over the summer for the first time and my friend she told me like uh, yeah when you catch those guys their musk is kind of citrusy like like lemons or something like oranges and I was like there's no way and so when I caught one you must I was like oh it smells like hand sanitizer or something like that like it was kind of citrusy I mean it wasn't I wouldn't wear it but yeah it was it was, it was like oh okay this is not as bad as definite water snakes or something like that so wild yeah. also I'm gonna start saying opening up my vent instead of go to the bathroom that's what I'm gonna say <laughs> I gotta go open up my vent <laughs> what like, alright dude just don't say it that way <laughs> sorry I had an entomologist on our podcast and that's what I say <laughs> I think if I was swimming under a bridge, minding my own business, and then a creature 200 times my size jumped in on me and started talking to a camera, I think I would musk myself. <laughs> That's true. So, started talking to a camera. <laughs> yeah. So this giant creature I have no exposure to is just holding me and talking to... Yeah. I doubt the camera adds any more stress to them. No, I think that... I don't <laughs> like, think... I'm camera I, shy. If I wasn't on camera, I don't think I would. I get that. I think it would be like, the and you're going to show this to people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I would get. That checks out. Okay, let's go back. You said you grew up on Steve Irwin. I mean, were you the kid, you know, that your friends were like, hey, come inside this way, Xbox. And you're like, okay, but crawfish, dude? You know, like, <laughs> let's play in the creek. Like, how did it start for you? Ah, man. So, uh, I always tell people, my, so from what I, what my parents tell me since I, and I, I kind of have a little bit of a recollection of this. It was like, since I could walk around and kind of be outside by myself, that was my thing. Like something innately about wildlife and everything from insects. It really started with insects. For a while, I thought I was going to be an entomologist. And so I kept all types of bugs. And so I guess you could say that was my gateway into what I do now. And most people had like gateway you know, bugs. That's ga- what gateway bugs. Yeah. Don't let your kids do them. Gateway bugs. <laughs> keep, keep, <laughs> them, keep them away from that thorax. <laughs> It'll end up like me. They'll end up like me. So Just mainlining thorax over here. <laughs> we'll do thorax, thors. He has a hammer. Never mind. Sorry. Ooh, but he did have an axe, right? Oh, you almost War? had a breakthrough. Yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he did have an axe? In Infinity War, yeah. yeah. Okay, there the we go. Stormbreaker, yeah, yeah. There we go. They got Home. it. Yeah. But um, so I would catch insects in my yard, and it basically would be this ordeal where I'd like clean out a mayonnaise jar, poke holes in the lid, and then I'd go outside and catch a bug. 
bring the bug to my dad or or if I didn't know what it was and he'd tell me what it was. And if he didn't know what it was, he'd sit on the uh, computer with me and help me figure out what it was. And so it was just kind of like that. And I just became inherently, I guess you could say, interested in it. And my life changed when I was coming out of like a dentist office one day with my younger brother and my younger brother jets to the car before me. And I hear him scream like, Christian, Christian, you got to come catch this bug. It's crazy looking. And I ran over there and on the wheel of this car, there's this neon green insect. And I went in to catch, I always had a bug jar on me as a kid. So I went in to catch it with the jar. And the first thing I noticed that he just turned its head 180 degrees and just looked at me in the face and no insects could do that. And I knew that at the time. And so I was like, D- dad, like, <laughs> what is this thing? And he, he ran over and he's like, oh, that's a praying mantis. And from uh, that point on, I was just in love with just all types of insects. That's your origin story. Like yeah, Batman oh, yeah, in the yeah, cave with bats. bats yeah. You got stared <laughs> at by yeah, literally. Yeah, I got stared at by And it was like, oh, that's it. I knew my calling now. And so it was like, I kept those as pets for years. And I would catch local ones, grow them up to adult, and try to raise them to an adult. And through trial and error, like that, that same mantis, it died in my care. Because I didn't know that mantises had to shed their skin kind of like snakes or their exoskeleton. So I kept it in an improper cage and I come in one day and he's halfway like molted out of his skin, but it didn't have a, it was a big ordeal. I was like traumatized by it. And so I dedicated my life from that point on. Basically, I was like, I'm never letting another insect die in my care like that. Like I was like, I'm going to know everything about him, what it eats, what it, what it lives like, how it sleeps, blah, blah, blah. And so I just kept tons of exotic praying mantises from around the world. Like you can order them online. Like in some <laughs> level, yeah. So I kept up. What's kept, the packaging they come in? I was about to oh, ask yeah, that. just like a, like a, they'll come in deli cups with like a little bit of like paper towel on the top for them to hang from. And then there's just newspaper stuffing in there and wow. maybe like a heating pack. So they stay warm, but yeah, you can, you can, you can go online. I, I kept orchid mantises, giant devil's flower mantises from Tanzania, like all just all types of species. And that just, Whoa. it just fueled my interest. And so it, it was just like, I loved insects. And so all throughout elementary school, people used to come like the bug man. Cause like, I just knew every bug on the playground and teachers, my, my librarian, she just knew like if they had a new snake book or a new uh, amphibian book or something, she just handed it to me when I came to the library. Like, here, here you go. Like, I know you're going to read it yeah. tonight and to come back tomorrow and be ready to check in for the next one. And so that was my thing. And then, yeah, we got your origin story. Now we have your superhero name. Yeah. <laughs> bug, bug man. man, a bug man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In Pokemon, it's the bug catchers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And imagine you playing Pokemon as a kid. You just only stay in that first area where all the bug <laughs> Pokemon are. Just never beat the game. You're just like, like no, just... I don't want to face these gyms. I'm catching bugs. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, these are very easy to defeat. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I, I did that and life fully became something different for me when I, uh, I'll never forget like, like the Steve Irwin phase I had, like it was like, I was probably in first grade and I would come home every day from school, try to get my homework out the way. Cause my parents wouldn't let me watch TV until, and then just crocodile hunter just yeah. until I couldn't stay up anymore. It was just channel 61 animal planet. And he's like, good day, I'm Steve Irwin and this right here, mate. And like, you just go in about the black Malba or something like that. And I was just enthralled. And so it was just absorbing information. I guess I didn't know how much I was retaining throughout that time. And then it was, uh, I, I want a goldfish at the circus, kind of same story. Put it in a fishbowl at home. Nobody tells you that they can't just live in a fishbowl. And so he dies a couple of days later, heartbroken, traumatized. That's it. Every freshwater fish, I'm going to know everything about it. And I'm going to, and so I. Wait, um, they can't just, is because you didn't feed it or there was. So yeah, I was like, you can't keep a goldfish. Yeah, that, that's in how it. I thought it worked. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so goldfish are a species of carp, technically, right? Okay. And most of people course. don't know. Yeah, yeah most of I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and so most people don't know also too that they can get up to about three feet long. Like they're they're actually massive fish in the wild. But the reason why you don't know that is because most people's goldfish don't live that long in their care, and they're actually cold water. So a lot of the times when people sell them in pet stores, they'll sell you this tropical fish tank set up, and they're like, keep the water at like eighty four degrees and 
the goldfish isn't going to live that long under those conditions. But like, I, I mean, I've seen them like this big. It's crazy. They're, they're kind of like koi. I was koi say are a different subspecies technically, and I believe to an extent, but they're like the same family. So they still have the comp, like the potential to get huge. Wow. And so it died. It just died in the bowl. There was no filtration and all that. So the water became very poor. And so I was like, that's it. I'm knowing everything about fish. And so my mom bought me, I'll never forget um, this Bible sized book called Dr. Axelrod's Atlas of Freshwater Aquarium Fishes. And it's just like this thick book, color pictures of every freshwater fish you could think of. Like if you go to PetSmart, almost every single fish in that book is in the store, like vice versa. And so it, but this is where scientific names came in. And so this is what's kind of set me apart from some of the other wildlife content creators is that most people have known that I use linear names, like uh, what animals are classified by. Like I, I won't just say, that's a northern water snake. I'll go like, that's Neurodea sipidon, the northern water snake. And people are like, how the heck do you remember those all? And why did you, and it was just because in the book, it wasn't, it wasn't like, um, you know, this is an African butterfly fish. Okay. Next page. It was like, this is an African butterfly fish, Pantodon butolzai. And this is where it lives. This is what it eats. This is how you should keep it as a pet and da, 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 da. And so I would tear through this book just every day. I was not reading anything else. I was at night just tearing through, you know, and, and I just memorized it, I guess you could say. And so I would come into pet stores and I would just be rattling off stuff at like 10 years old. And people in the pet store were like, how does this kid know all this stuff? Or whatever like that. And it was, it was like fun for me. Like I just liked knowing about it. And then I loved being able to teach people about it. So it was like, anytime we went to like the aquarium, especially like the Tennessee aquarium is like my favorite aquarium to go to in the world. But I would go there and I would just be giving my own lectures. I was like a kid, like just like <laughs> trying to talk about the fish to random people. And they're just kind of laughing like, why is this kid? No, like, like, do you work here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally kind of thing. It was just funny. And so I didn't, you know, but that's kind of like a kid thing, you know? And so I did that a lot. And then when you get to middle school and high school, bugs and girls don't really go along that well together. So I kind of wondered about that. I was like, <laughs> ladies, you go to his house. He's got praying mantises everywhere. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> so you want to see my mantises? <laughs> I've used that line. I've used that line, yeah. but it hey, didn't go up. She but says yes. You eventually someone will say yes. And that'll yeah, be the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I got to high school and it was like, okay, I still had my passion for all that, but things were different, like in terms of my interest. And so it was more like, I just kind of did that stuff on the side, but I didn't, I wasn't researching fish as much as I was, but I still kept them and I still had a big love for them. And I got into theater and which is kind of ties into how caveman was created because then I, I had a real passion for performing arts. And I've always been kind of like a artistic type person. Like I've always liked music and different things like that. And so my senior year, I started playing guitar. I started getting involved in theater more and all that. And so I was performing a bunch and all that, getting that experience. And then it was like the end of my senior year. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is cool. Like, I, you know, I'm about to graduate. What am I going to do now? And I started noticing that all the snakes, which is where I'm 18, I got bit for the first time, are like coming up in my neighborhood. And so I'm, I'm doing runs in my neighborhood and I'm seeing all this, like every single time I'd run by a creek, you boom, 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 like splash in the water. And I'd see these snakes take off. And I'm like, holy crap, we got snakes like that here. And so I started researching them again because I was like, I know that's a water snake, but I don't know the exact species anymore. I don't remember it. And so I went back and now I'm like back into research and stuff. And it was kind of like I got all this nostalgia from just being a kid and did that and researched it, researched it, posted a little bit. I would put, I would catch stuff and I would post funny clips on my Instagram. I had, I didn't have an official one for K-Men yet. It was a personal account. I would go, Oh, like, look at me catch the snake. And people were like, you should do that. Like, you should really do that. <laughs> like, dude, this is something. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Like, you kind of, you kind of look comfortable on camera and you kind of seem like you, you know what you're talking about and all that. And I'll be like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And it wasn't until one of my friends was like, dude, let's do it. Like, I'll be your cameraman. Let's go out there and let's do this. And we spent the whole entire summer just 
getting eaten by mosquitoes and not catching a single snake because we had no clue what we were doing. And, uh, but it was just fun. I couldn't, I couldn't like do anything else that was more fun than that. And then, uh, we just went on from there and caveman was born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect pairing of your interest. You're like theater and animals. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I can do a show about animals. I guess. Couldn't have told me. It's yeah, fun to could, look yeah. back and be like, oh yeah, of course that's how, where you ended up. Yeah. About to say, but I only could see it now. You know, you couldn't yeah. have told me that like in high school. Like, yeah. You'd be doing this now. I'd be like, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Nah, TikTok is for <laughs> lip syncing. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, tell me about the, the caveman wildlife crew. So it's a crew. How many, how many people is so it? So it's uh, myself, uh, like, and this is all comprised like my best friends right now. So it's like myself, uh, Bobby Harden Jr., uh, Micaiah Bell. And what does Bobby do? Like, what do they do? What's their roles kind of so, as you go through them? Yeah. So Bobby Harden Jr., he's like my primarily in my, uh, I saw him like the social media videographer. Okay. He just has a really cool mind. Me and him always have synced in mindset because he's an actor. He's a television and like film actor. But, and so he's like doing short films and making his way up and he's been featuring some really cool stuff, but it was just like him and I, I told you, like I was in the theater. I was actually like trying to graduate high school and go straight into acting. And so I was going to go to KSU and do uh performing arts and go there and go that route. And then try to, I was actually planning to go to Georgia state first, but long story short, I was going to do the whole performing arts route and audition and all that. And so he had been in like featured in a couple movies as an extra. And then he made a really cool appearance on a show called legacies. And so he was the only person I knew at our age who was doing it, like doing like acting because yeah. all of us theater kids wanted to do it, but nobody. And then everybody's like, if you want to get into acting, talk to Bobby Harden Jr. And so he had come back to watch us perform for like a, a little like comedic, like monologue night thing that I'd, I'd written one out and he saw, he really liked it. And we talked after for the first time and he was like, Hey man, you're really funny. I like your stuff. And I was like, I appreciate it, man. I was like, also, I've been meaning to reach out to you. Like, I want to get into acting. Can you give me some steps? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. Just let me know when. And so I contacted him in May after I graduated and we were, um, he was just one of those people where we hit it off. Like it was just yeah. instant and we just became best friends and like I was, uh, I was telling Aaron before it was like, uh, we, I was just coming out of my house one day. He was picking me up to, uh, do a self tape audition thing. And I was coming out of my house and I had, like, I was grabbing my backpack, come at the house and there was a king snake just whipping across my driveway and he's half in shed. So it's skin's coming off of it. And I had never got to do a video about it. And Bobby kind of knew about what I did, but we'd never really talked about it. Like he's always like, Oh yeah, this dude kind of handles snakes in his spare time. And so like, I, I just came running down the driveway with this three foot snake in my hand and I'm like sprinting towards his car and he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, he's like, yo, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, Hey man, I, I need you to film something for me real quick. And he's like, all right and he's like 50 feet away like filming like yeah. just like hey uh yeah man and so i do my thing let it go and over time like i needed him to be more and more involved because nobody else was spending that much time around me besides him and we were just kind of hanging out every day and he kind of became the principal videographer for our social media so fast forward to today if i'm snorkeling in the water he's underwater with the film case like just filming with me he's in the water with snakes turtles all this stuff and that's so, yeah. why he's gotten a lot more comfortable yeah a lot more comfortable. Well, that, you're such a rare breed you can't find five people that have the same interest level same. you have you know uh, yeah like they have to kind of like grow uh, to grow. where you're yeah at, so yeah cool. i was gonna say i and so it's like it, it was always a thing back in our earlier videos i would always be kind of low-key frustrated in my head because it was like Come i was on, like guys. i'd be like i'd be like get in there I'd, I'd be like look at the eyes and like the video's like 50 feet back you can't see the snake. slowly zooming in <laughs> like, listen guys it's gonna bite me okay <laughs> i'm the one holding it <laughs> yeah and so from that point you got bobby um who else did i mention i'm micaiah bell Bobby put us into contact. He uh, went to the same high school as me. He plays football uh, right now up at Harvard, but in, um, at school. So that's the school he goes to up there. Really nice guy. But like we, it was kind of funny how we kicked it off. We just were 
kind of like not cool with each other because he had made fun of me one day in high school or something like that. And so we were just kind of like, all right, forget this guy. And long story short, we were just talking and Bobby was good friends with Makai. He brought us into contact. Turns out Makai was really big into turtles, but he was like terrified of snakes. And so I brought Makai out there one day to catch turtles with me. Turtles. And like, uh, ended up we only finding snakes basically for the first hour and a half so he's just freaking out kind of like filming me same deal 50 feet away and then it was like the weirdest just like draw of fate i found my first ever spiny soft shell turtle which is like a turtle that's like this two times the size of a dinner plate like this huge flat pancake looking turtle and it was my first time I've ever seeing one and i'm ironically with the dude who loves turtles and i was just literally telling him how we're not going to probably find turtles today it's too late in the day we look over and i just start screaming my head off and he's like whoa what's going on i was like that is a spiny soft shell a huge adult female and we ran over caught her best friends from like from that day on like ever <laughs> yeah. since and so he's uh he's gotten really good he catches snakes now with me and stuff like that but yeah just it's funny because he's like a six foot three just biggest dude out of all of us whatever like what that. position in football oh, is he like um, linebacker yeah li- yeah wow. defensive lineman I believe yeah so he's just yeah he's he's awesome he's a funny dude funny dude i'm sure the turtles would rather you jump oh yeah than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah listen yeah. you can hold us as long as you want just let's keep that guy away from us. <laughs> yeah animals just stop struggling when you hold them <laughs> like they're like we know we know well what does it look like when you guys like go on and like I mean, looking through all your TikToks, clearly you're out looking for stuff. A I safari? Mean, what do we call safari? it? A safari? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excursion? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Expedition? Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's like a, so like there's, so it's like all, so that's like me, Micaiah, Bobby, and then the other two, uh, like it's my, my primary videographer, Rylan McGreevy. He's the one with like the real Sony camera that we have. He's like the best friend that I've had since seventh grade, all that. He plays that role. And then my manager at work currently now, his name is Connor Head. He's like, we just kicked it off. He likes what we do now. And so he's like one of my best friends. He's kind of like the guy who's in the water with me. If like something like he'll catch stuff. He's really, really, really brave dude. Like just really like about it. Mm-hmm. He's kind of one of those guys where it doesn't matter what it is. If like his friend's in there, he's in there. Like it was like, we could be facing down an alligator. And if I'm like, I'm gonna jump the head, you get the body. He's like, all right, <laughs> like, you know, we're doing it. And so that's kind of how we run in the group. It's like, Bobby, all of us, we go out to a wildlife wilderness area. It might be like a, just like just a scrub habitat. We would, we drive out and we find areas that look good, typically by water, something like that. And we kind of stake it out for a few days. We kind of go, okay, what's the best way to access this safely as we can and all that. And then when the day comes, we just go out there and it's like, everybody's just, we're like a well-oiled machine. It's like, Bobby has just eyes open just looking for everything i'm focused but I'm, I'm kind of like i since i'm the one who knows the most about the wildlife i'm kind of looking out for the whole entire team as a way because mm-hmm. i worst fear you know somebody steps on something venomous and i i didn't spot it and um all that so we just kind of run like that and then when it's like go time like we finally see that i mean we'll hike through the bush for hours not find a single thing just getting torn up by bugs and stuff and then when it's go time to see it usually it's me on the camera so you know, I get in place and everybody just kind of knows their formations. And if, it, you know, we all just go and then it's just gone and we just go do the video. And then it's a catch and release. Usually if it's a catch, it's a lot more high stakes because it's like, man, we've been out here for hours. If this man slips and doesn't get this catch, it's like a, that's a whole day. Like, Didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's bad. Oh, there's some days we get in arguments. Like it's like on the way back. Cause it's like, I'm, you know, it's like, well, I'll just try, I'll like, I'll come up on us. We haven't seen a snake in hours and I'll come up on the species we're looking for. And I just trip. Or just something stupid like that going, <laughs> bam, it's just gone. And everybody's just kind of like, nobody wants to say it, but they're all like, that was like the whole day. Like, just gone now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you know, don't win every time, guys. So, yeah. Well, but So many of the videos are you jumping on a snake. What is the technique for jumping on a snake and catching it? <laughs> because it looks like you just jump and immediately you're holding the snake. But oh, it that's what it really be. looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But what wow. is like, what is the, what are the tricks? So... 
<laughs> not that we're ever going to try it. No. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody try this, but it's kind of a, so it was a long trial and error phase. Like with me, I, I didn't catch, probably would only catch about 10% of the snakes I went after in the beginning. It's kind of a thing where it all depends on what the snake, if the snake already sees me or not, what species it is. And, uh, you know, and, and then what's the environment. Uh, most of the times the catches that I've been doing are water snakes because that's just the most common species I've been able to find around here. And so it's kind of like you got to, I set my jump and I'm always, I get ready to jump when I'm basically within jumping distance and you kind of just have to, it's like a cat. You kind of just have to know when, mm-hmm. when, you know, as far as you can get out. And then when I do, my main goal is not to injure the animal. Like it might seem, I've gotten a lot of comments and I understand it. I mean, people just going at me, wildlife activists and stuff like, oh, dude, you're harassing these animals and you're hurting them and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, like when I watched a lot of my old videos, I didn't know a lot of proper handling. And so it was like, yeah, that snake was probably definitely uncomfortable. Hence me getting bit a lot more often in my <laughs> earlier videos. And so now it's like, it, it, it's always been the safety of the animal first. And so I don't handle stuff by directly by its tail anymore or anything. It's always like cupping kind of like the, the upper third to support its body. Cause once its body feels supported, it's more likely to calm down. So when I jump on it, it's like, okay, I'm just trying to get it. Like, I'm just trying to get it period. And then when I get it, it's like, okay, I have to get the, I always, you'll hear me say support the upper body. If it's always one of my other crew members holding it. Cause they're still learning. I'm like, support the upper body, support the upper body. And they're like, I know, I know what is body. I'm like, I don't care. Support the upper body. The upper body yeah. near the mouth. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And then, but, the, but the immediately you'll see like, once you get them, they might still give you a little whack after that, but then they just kind of chill out because their body supported and they're not, now it's not the predator feeling of being dangled by your tail upside down in the air. It's kind of like, okay, it has me, but like, he's not eating me. So like, what's going on here? And then it's just kind of a calm down and just let him, it's like a living piece of rope. You just got to <laughs> let it go wherever it wants to go. And, um, that's of course with non-venomous snakes, but like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing, but that's how I come across them and I come on them. But every species is different. If it's a rat snake, they're usually a lot more mellow. So I don't have to jump on them. I can just usually walk up and, oh, tail oh you're striking me okay let me get a stick and let me just try to get your body up on the stick and let you sit on there first or if it's a you know a king snake i might just be able to literally walk up pick it up and put it around my neck and just do the video because those guys are just chilling like that so it depends on the species they're the king yeah they're the king they're the king (laughs) okay i need the full injury rundown (laughs) yeah we obviously need to talk about obviously probably like jumping on stuff you might you step on a rock or something but like yeah you've gotten bit by a lot of snakes I saw one where there's a big old snapping turtle that almost got you. I was going to ask you about that one too. That <laughs> it mean, almost did got you me? know it was that close? Well, it, it reached right. You probably were ready for it, but it oh, looked yeah, close. Yeah, it, I forgot. I showed it to my mom yesterday in a restaurant, <laughs> and she screamed. And I was she like, did. I was like, stop. <laughs> oh, was it the video where it's like the big one? Yeah, you're putting it back in the water. Trying to go. It reaches around back in the water. Oh, that one. Its that one. neck shoots out so much further than you think it would be able to. Yeah, yeah. So that's the common snapping turtle, Chelydra serpentina. And so it gets to the last part of his lineage named Serpentina, I think, because there's got to be kids named Serpentina, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. It's because it's naked. They sh- go by Tina, but everybody knows it's short for yeah. Serpentina. Oh, is that Christina? No. no. <laughs> Serpentina. <laughs> but they get that because they can shoot their neck around kind of like a snake serpent like. And it's funny because most people think about the alligator snapping turtle as like, oh, I don't want to get bit by that. Or that's the one that's going to get you. It's like. But if you actually see those guys, they can't move their neck like that. Mm. Alligator snapping turtles get twice the size and have the bite pressure to crush a watermelon. So you definitely don't want to get bit by that one because that's the one you can lose limbs on and fingers. Not limbs, but fingers more like yeah, yeah. and toes. But the common snapping turtle, while it doesn't have the same amount of bite pressure, it still has enough bite pressure PSI to give you a serious bite. Don't get me wrong. 
But it's more dangerous, in my opinion, because it can shoot its neck out like that. Yeah. And so I'm always on, like an alligator snapping turtle, it would be kind of like, and I haven't handled any of those yet, but it'd be like, I can kind of just hold his shell and he can't move his neck like that. I just got to stay away from his mouth. These guys, you got to watch their head because they're lining up the whole time. They're mad. So he just has his mouth and he's lined up. You can see it, their eyes. They'll kind of move around in their skull. Ooh. They're looking at you. And then the minute they think you're in range, shoot, they'll shoot up over the shell. A lot of people think you can grab them around the head under the shell. It's like, Ooh. so over the shell, like backwards. Like yeah. Bend. Yeah. If oh you watch, uh, if you watch the one video where I caught one out of the Bobby's on a cliff and he's swimming me and I'm way down, I jump and catch it. That was the jump. I thought you were talking about. Everybody jumps at that one. Cause I'm, I'm mid sentence. I go, and this is a highly aquatic predatory. And he just shoots all the way back oh, over I the shell. Seen that. Straight I at my, seen that either. Straight at my face. And I was like, I last second was like, Whoa, all right guys. And kept talking or whatever like that. And so I always hold those guys out here, but and then do y'all stop recording? And then everyone's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. Yeah. After the after recording went to something cool like that. But it, <laughs> snapping turtles, yeah, they're a different game. You, I hold them now. Uh, there's like, if you look under, it's called the plastron, like their belly side. Back by their hind legs, there's like a the little like finger holes, almost like a grip between their legs. It's like the shell. It's almost like a bowling ball. And so you can like <laughs> grab them right there. I grab them literally like a bowling ball like that. And then I put the back, my backhand on the top of the shell, the carpet. Yeah. And then I can hold them up like that. And they're heavy though. Heavy is, oh man. Like I'm sure. Everybody thinks in the video, is like, oh, look at him flexing while he's, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this turtle is taking every ounce of strength that I have to hold up. He's like, and they're, and because they're moving too, they're clawing at you and all that. Yeah. And their back legs have these two inch long nails. And I mean, I've gotten the skin just raked off my hands by those alone. Didn't even have to bite me. And, um. Yeah, you're holding them up, and yeah, you just got to be careful of them. So I've never gotten injured with a snapping turtle. Countless snake bites, those typically leave like little pinpricks that'll go away unless you get the teeth in your hand. That always sucks, and I hate that for the snake, really. The teeth get stuck in your hand? Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll think that the bite's kind of done. Like, the bites look a lot worse than they actually are. They'll be bleeding a lot, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you need to... And you just, I just wash it off and disinfect it, and then you just see the little pinpricks, but it's like a, a splinter. Like, you'll be washing your hands and go, ah! And then you'll realize, oh, I have a snake tooth in my oh. finger. And you have to just pull it out and it's like a little thorn. But that's not that bad to me. But I have like these, like some snakes, if they get caught with their back teeth with water snakes, some of the snakes have enlarged back teeth for helping to swallow prey. And so I've gotten tagged by those, those left scars. Really the worst injury I've probably had, they're the top two I can think of is I was going after this painted turtle. Um, it's just like harmless species of turtle. It doesn't really bite like that. And it was in a pond and I was trying to do the whole run and jump technique. And so I was laying on my belly like 200, like a hundred feet away or something like that. And I waited for it to go underwater. The minute it went underwater, I took off like full speed. I have this on video. I haven't posted it yet, but <laughs> I'm, I'm planning to do like an injury compilation with me. Like yeah. soon I'm going to do that. But I ran, I jumped in the water and this water just smelled like, it was like just a warm mucky pond. So it just smelled like sewage. Like it was bad. This is probably the scariest part about the whole thing for me. I land in the water and I'm barefoot because I didn't have boots at the time. So I was barefoot and I didn't want to get my shoes wet. And sure enough, I land, I get the turtle, I'm so happy, but my foot like just jammed straight into a rock. So it was the first time I'd ever broken a bone in my life. My pinky toe just snapped oh. and I just fell like straight. Like it was the weirdest feeling ever because I was like, I got, and I just like my foot just gave out. And I was like, why did that happen? I fell straight in the water. Turtle swims off. I'm super, I'm covered in muck and smell horrible and I'm mad as heck. My, my buddy, uh, He's watching. He's like, what the heck happened? And so I, I crawl out of the pond and I'm like, I'm like, I'm limping. And he's like, are you, are you good? Are you good? I'm like, yeah, I think I just hit my toe on a rock. And I look down and my pinky's all gnarly looking. There's Ugh. blood coming off because I scraped my foot on the rock. And so now I'm kind of, I'm a germaphobe, believe it or not, like to an extent. And so, cause I, I think it's why it's kept me 
without getting any infections or anything serious because I, I always know like okay like i need to medicate this really quickly or like get anesthetic and long story short i uh had to clean that out and so i was bed rest with like a broken toe for maybe like a day and i still had to go to work on that thing and all that so it sucked and i, I didn't go to the doctor to get a splint or anything for it. i just kind of wrapped it up with gauze and was like oh, i'm gonna steve Irwin it like he used to get his i saw one video he got his finger just snapped by a crocodile's tail I just whipped him and he just cracked it back into place and just kept going so i was like i'm gonna steve Irwin this and i just was like okay cool and um that was bad that hurt a lot just because it's your toe you can't really yeah, walk yeah, yeah sounds walk. bad yeah, yeah. You, you, um and then one time I was it's going. Funny after, that it was one of like the least dangerous animals you ever deal with. Oh too. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was like so embarrassed. It was like it was really more embarrassing to my pride. I was literally like everybody was like, "How'd you break this one?" And I was like, "It was a rock. It wasn't even <laughs> yeah, the animal. Yeah, it wasn't even the. Yeah, I was like a rock. And so that was bad. And then I went after a water snake one time, and it was underwater. I still don't really know how this happened or why I didn't react the way I did because it, it didn't hurt. I just was reaching under the water to get him, and I got his tail. I was like, "Okay, I got him." And he tried to shoot. He was a big one, biggest one I'd caught to date. And so he went under and I just reached my whole arm underwater in this hole and was going after him. And I got him and I pulled him out and I felt something sharp go against my hand, but I just thought he bit me. And so I pulled my hand out and in this clip, my little sister was filming because I didn't have anybody else there. And so she's terrified of snakes as it is. And next to How you know, much younger? Oh, she's, she's a... She's 16, like six or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, she's she, six. Yeah. Nah, she really hates it when I make her do this. <laughs> so at the time, she was she was probably though, like she was probably 14 at the time. And so I did that. And she's already terrified because this huge snake's whipping around, musking and biting at me. And I'm like juggling. I'm like, oh yeah, guys, and this right. And all of a sudden made a video, like blood's just pouring down my hand. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like I was like, like water snakes usually don't do that. Now they do have an anticoagulant in their saliva that makes you bleed a little bit more from them than you would a regular snake. And it's helped, uh, this helps to neutralize prey. And so I thought, man, this guy really got me, huh? And I put him back in the water, you know, he slithered off. And I just noticed like this whole bridge now I'm covered on, just covered in blood from my hand. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And I look at my knuckle and you can see that like the scar right here, mm -hmm. um, the log, I didn't realize that, like the log like went straight through my hand. Like when I went oh. down to reach after him. And so, yeah, it was, it was bad. I didn't go to the doctor for this one either. I just went home peroxide and all that. And so now I have like a, a scar from it or whatever like that. But yeah. It was just, yeah. And then probably the worst butt the scar I've ever had is like a, oh, this arm. It was like a dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he, did he jump on it? No, no, no. You're on a couch as soon as he comes in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you're just in the Piedmont Park, on, like, kind of crouched down like a tiger, just <laughs> leaping on people's dogs. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, there's a guy in a tree. He's going to jump on your dog. He's like, no, no, Christian Cave's at the park today. <laughs> don't, don't walk keep your dog. Up. <laughs> Have you been bit by anything venomous? No, no, no. Knock on wood. Uh, like, uh, Steve, I, I kind of model myself after like the respect for the animal. I've come across a, probably for the, this summer was probably the most venomous snakes I'd ever come across in a year. I've come across every single species pretty much I wanted to come across. I, I saw my first rattlesnake ever, super exciting, full of adrenaline. I didn't handle that one actually, just because it's like, there's a, and it's why you haven't seen any venomous snakes. If you actually go through my content, you haven't seen any venomous snakes yet. It's just because I feel like nowadays with the wildlife, like, like you get into like these groups as a creator, right? If you're a certain type of creator, I'm guessing I'm a wildlife content type creator. So you see all the dudes who do the crazy, like I do crazy stuff, but you see the dudes who are like, this is a King Cobra and look at me, I'm face to face with it. And you're like, holy crap, this dude's going to die or something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to deviate a little bit from that pathway to where like, you will see me one day work with venomous creatures, dangerous creatures, all that. But I'm trying to make sure that on the way up, I didn't establish my whole entire platform off of doing that. So then it's not, 
all right, we're only watching if he's in a more deadly situation than the last one he yeah. was in. You know what I mean? It's like we're watching because this is the dude we we watched handle bugs and we were super interested. And now we're, he's handling a King Cobra and we're super interested because he's him. But we're not really, we don't really, we kind of don't want him to take the risk because we like, really like this guy. And so I've been super wary about it. Like Steve Irwin, he handled countless venomous snakes. He never got envenomated once, which I thought was the craziest thing ever. I mean, handling the world's deadliest snakes. I mean, Inland Taipan can drop 100 men in one drop of venom and he's just face to face with it. Let's it lick him on the face and slithers past him. And I'm just, <sighs> yeah, I couldn't believe it, you know? But um, so. I try to model my, my approach off of that, and I watch him a lot when he handles snakes, even to this day still, when I quote-unquote know what I'm doing. I still go back and watch, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he just had a fifth sense. I mean, he'd put a tiger rattlesnake in his hand, no hook. And he'd be like, look at this right here, mate. He's like, I'm shaking like a leaf. And, like, you know, and he's like, and the snake's totally unfazed by it. And I'm like, that's incredible. Don't know if I could ever do that, but, like, that's incredible. And so, uh, yeah, I've come across all types of venomous stuff. I just don't – you're not going to see me post anything about it or handle them until, like, I – feel like it's like okay my following and my even myself can justify like this is educational this isn't oh i'm not doing really well on instagram today let me go handle a rattlesnake for ten thousand views real quick like i'm just not i'm not yeah. interested in you're that. not doing it hey watch this video because this guy might die, die. <laughs> you're like hey watch this video because it's educational and the guy's cool and yeah so that exactly. makes a lot of sense yeah exactly that yeah makes, yeah yeah you can feel your joy in it mm -hmm. and you know it's genuine that's so cool. It's, it, I mean, for real, oh, like, man, it's not just about the animals and like, you know, you have the thumbnails, like, oh, it's a cool looking snake. I'll click on that one. But you're just so stoked. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're not this guy, but the train guy in England oh, right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's obviously like, it, it's different. I, I don't know about this <laughs> guy. Is he just love trains? He, he loves watching trains and he like loses his mind and can't stop laughing when a train comes by. It's, it's, oh, it's wonderful. So I was wondering about that. Somebody commented the other day under a video. I said, this has got the same energy as the train guy. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was like, what? what a train guy? He like wears a GoPro over his head so you just see his face from above <laughs> smiling. But he's like, oh, this is that kind of train and he's just like clapping and it's so pure. Oh, he's just so happy. He's so happy. So it, it feels like that. You're not as, I mean, that not as much as he's a dweeb which is great good for him <laughs> but you're just like i don't know it's just so he's fun to watch you're like, scars from trains hitting him <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah this one time i got too close to yeah, it's not poisonous but it is a freight train so you know they <laughs> oh get their god. neck around oh yeah, my no, god no so that yeah it all comes across and that i think is what makes you just keep scrolling you know Man. yeah you want to see you want to see the thing but also you want to see you see the thing that's cool for I sure yeah and that's something steve Irwin definitely had to even when he was handling those venomous snakes he would be narrating like oh i'm terrified but he'd still be <laughs> smiling like so but yeah. you could tell like this is just my favorite thing in the, the world. world and even when, when, I'm when you like the personality the stakes are so much higher because like oh cool animal but i really don't want that specific guy to die that, yeah yeah Some random guy yeah. I'm like bite him bite him bite him, <laughs> bite him. <laughs> oh my god maybe that's a, just a something about me i need to deal with <laughs> maybe but when i watch yours i'm like i hope he doesn't get bit yeah i so appreciate it i appreciate it you that, know that. that makes my heart warm oh gosh uh, yeah. what what is the ultimate goal i mean you're 21 which is upsetting um <laughs> so, so not let that you need some to have of the some turtles are older vision. than you <laughs> but like you have i mean that's what's Literally, great about, that's actually funny yeah that's what's great about um you know tiktok and the internet you kind of make your own show and make the yeah. content you want to make yeah what would the dream be the dream B would be uh, to do to do the crocodile hunter type take to wildlife conservation, but to do it with my, my best friends, like my crew right now. Yeah, and it's kind of like I I've broken down to people too. We're starting the YouTube. I'm actually editing our videos and stuff now. As you speak, we filmed all like summer, and I'm like, 
we're trying to take approach to it where it's like a group rather than one person. Yeah. I feel like the Crocodile Hunter, we he had Wes Manny and his best friend with him in the Australia Zoo, but it was kind of like Steve Irwin's show, you know, Steve Irwin, the Crocodile Hunter. I'm kind of like, I think the caveman wildlife, and that's why I've been emphasizing so much to anybody who's ever reached out to me about TV opportunities. Like, we can get into that, I guess, later, but it's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, but I want to do it with my crew. And they're like, yeah, but you're the guy kind of in front of I'm like, yeah, but I want to do it with my crew because that's different. And I feel like people watching it, kids coming up and all that, it kind of sets on a different approach where it's not like, oh, that's that dude. And he's kind of crazy. So like, it makes sense why he likes wildlife. You'll see in my friends, like there's just stuff that like, they're like, hey man, I'm watching. Like they're, yeah, they're yeah. like, which I'm, is a great, yeah. Like it's just fun to watch. And I think it would be hilarious if like the camera, like, like I'm like, all right guys, we're going in alligator snapping turtles. I can't even see my hand two inches under the water, but I'm snorkeling in it, which is how it is sometimes. And like, you just like the camera pans to Bobby and he's just like. I'm filming. Like, you know what I mean? Or yeah. something like that. Like That is the funniest dynamic you could have for, for sure. content like that of like, I'm wild crazy, love this stuff. And somehow I've convinced my friend <laughs> who hates this stuff to come very near to it. Yeah. Like that is yeah. so good. I think that would be a, a funny idea. And it's like, it's funny because let's say it's different levels to it. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, like they all enjoy it. But at the end of the day, like they're just not all like, you. Can, I can just tell sometimes where I'm like, I guess I'm snorkeling this alone. They're like, yeah. Then I'm like, all right, cool. And then yeah. I'm I just me playing around in the water. I'm like, guys, there's like these massive fish under here. They're like, just Enjoy. focus on yeah, focus on what you're doing, man. And yeah. then like I come out and it's like everybody's excited with the work we got or vice versa. So it's like I think it would just be a really cool approach to do it. It's crocodile hunter type level and all that. That'll be the goal. But also the, like I don't want to be an ideologue. Like, which is like the biggest thing I've been concerning myself with lately. A what? An ideologue. Like somebody who just spews pure ideology and has no original thought of their own mm, they're just mm. they're like and i feel like in a way it's very easy to become that especially when you attach yourself to like moral efforts like wildlife conservation right, right? like okay it's so easy to say i want the planet to be safe and i want all animals to be okay and all that and then you're in like, science i mean you, you know all the yeah, terms and you can just yeah. kind of sound like a textbook if you yeah want to. i can't and i could act like oh yes and so i walk forth yeah. but it's like dude i drive a car that burns gas and emissions and all <laughs> that and i you know i i still use styrofoam and stuff like you know what i mean so it's like i'm not the right. best avatar for conservation you could ever ask for so my goal is to hopefully actually make enough of a following to where i can make enough of a profit to be like steve Irwin did something interesting where like he, he like one of my favorite interviews with him is just like he's like oh money I can't get enough money Matt you know what I'm gonna do with it I'm a boy wilderness areas with it every single cent I get goes straight into conservation Matt and I don't give a rip whose money it is and so he bought literal plots of wildlife all over Australia and all over the world with his last name on it people can't touch it so it's just wildlife preserve area like it's just this is Irwin land like you can't touch this and wow. wildlife can grow up on that right and so I'm like That'd be cool to have a cave attached to some really cool places that maybe this endangered species can't get destroyed now and there. And then from that point on, it's like, okay, use the platform to, to preach a, a message of conservation. But I'm super into, like, in, in my battle, and it's not being an ideologue. I'm trying to educate myself on what is the best solution for conservation of the species. Like, yeah, I can tell people to not use plastic, but let's be realistic. Like, what is, like, the best, like, what is the best individual effort joe schmo out there can do if he wants to help wildlife conservation but he doesn't have a million dollars to go buy land somewhere that they can't touch you so maybe it's um one of my good friends i've been hosting these instagram lives and all these like uh really cool people get on sometimes and there's these guys called the wildlife brothers and they make wildlife content kind of just like me but they're they're really cool really educated and uh these guys are young guys like myself and they're like hey like they were educating me on it actually the other day about how you can set up a kind of mini ecosystem in your own yard like you could help, like you could help wildlife in your area by setting up and say, like, "How do I do that?" It's like, 
okay, yeah, it's cool to like plant certain flowers to make your your yard look cool and trimming your grass, which isn't the best thing for the native wildlife. But you know, you got to keep a yard up if you're going to live in a certain neighborhood. I get it. Maybe you plant native wildflowers in your garden bed, along with some of the other ones you want, maybe plant native ones. Now the pollinator species and the birds and the insects that rely on those flowers can live in your yard. And that will help the environment out. Maybe now the birds can eat those insects. Now you have some of that stuff. And it's not like you're going to have a bunch of insects just running around your house now. That's just one type of example. Yeah. Maybe you leave a, maybe you don't use a pesticide. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you see like aphids are tearing up your rose bushes, maybe you just don't spray insecticide everywhere. And then that washes off into the rainwater and gets down and destroys the creek system down the street. Maybe you just hatch an egg case of praying mantises, which is a common pest control solution. And then those guys naturally eat the aphids and, the, and all the other mosquitoes and all those other pests. So there's just different things you can do. And so, and then you just have a mantis problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But those guys, sorry, you know. homeowners association, you guys have been noticing a lot of mantises <laughs> and potential girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's kind of my goal with it. To just no, that's awesome. Practical solutions. People yeah. can actually, people that can't buy a big track of land. land yeah. Can do. And then, I'm a big believer in individual responsibility. So, you know, 10 people take individual responsibility for what they can do. And then maybe some people who are their friends go, oh, that's kind of cool. I want to do the same thing. The next thing you know, maybe the community just looks 10% better for wildlife. Yeah. And then maybe later on it's 20%, 30%. Then maybe that town's just better in general. Then that maybe it pours off into the state. And that's kind of really optimistic, you know, thinking. But it's, it's just kind of like, I feel like nowadays it's just like a lot of hellfire and brimstone about wildlife and the planet and like all climate change. Yeah, it's just, it's like, we have to stop using this or it's just done. Everything's gone. And you're like, okay, well, how do you get somebody, how do you get the whole entire world to stop fishing? You know, it's like, how do you do that? I don't know. It's like, you know, so. But here's something everybody can do to take a yeah. step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a new business idea. Here in Atlanta, they will rent you like a bunch of goats to like, eat a yard or eat like public land and they just like clear it out and just leave them there for like a few weeks. I think you should do that with mantises for people's <laughs> yards. You say, listen, you can use pesticides or you can hire me. I'll bring my just 200 there. mantises to live in your yard. <laughs> That'd be Take smart. Care, but then you come back and collect them. <laughs> come back, which like, is your favorite thing to do. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah it win, win, win. I won't even get paid. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll just do it for free. <laughs> what is your Mount Rushmore of animals? Oh my god. Yeah, like four animals you could put immortalized on a, you know. Like what are the best animals? The four best animals <laughs> for um your absolute favorite animals. <laughs> oh god. That's like man, I hate this question. It's I such a even, dumb question. I can't even do it. Question. Yeah, but this, I can't even do it with a specific animal type rather than no. all animals. Up on that Mount Rushmore. And there's stuff that I've like seen or I want to see or just in general. In thing. general. Cuz I know, you know, okay. you're kind of in the southeast more, which mm -hmm. is you don't have hippos down there. You don't have like, so like <laughs> wide open, whatever, whatever you want. On oh, my Mount Rushmore animals, I'm going to put up there. I regret asking this, but we're so, <laughs> no, we're, we're going to answer. We've do you, do you have, minute. Aaron, do you have your Mount Rushmore of animals? I could. Oh yeah. Let's let's well, I got to thank you. Okay. Okay. And this is like, I have to name a specific animal or can it be a group? Like I, do I say sharks or do I say a wobbegong? Like say say I mean, shark because I, I don't I don't know what a billabong is. Any chance you have to say whoopagong, I think you take it because that's my new favorite word. What is a whoopagong? Is a whoopagong? A whoopagong, like W O B B E G O N G, is a species of uh, I believe it's in the family of carpet sharks. They lay down on the bottom of like floors. They're found in like all over the uh, Pacific Ocean and stuff like that around Australia. But yeah, they just suck in fish. 
I love super, that. Yeah, they, they look like moss and stuff underwater, lichen and all that. It's really, really nice looking sharks. It's my oh, favorite. The, oh, there's a picture. Yeah, it's my favorite group of sharks. That, oh, my goodness. Yep, it looks like. That's that. Oh, I saw a picture of that the other day. I did, too. For I, some there was oh, something really? going on viral with those. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it has the little. Yeah, they like lay on the floor yeah, and they barbels, have yeah. a yeah. beard. and Yeah, angel sharks kind of look like them, too. But yeah, Steve got bit by one of those in one of my favorite videos ever. It was so awesome. He just got bit and he came up excited as heck. Like his fingers just split up. He's like, I got bit by a wubagong, mate. Who would have thought? Like, you tried to grab it. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> but, so uh, is a wubagong up there? Yeah, wubagong or sharks, whatever yeah. you want to say. Praying mantis, of course. Um, I got two. Wait, how many of them Mount Rushmore? Four. Four, yeah, right. Okay. So then, uh, yeah, uh, Wobbegong, Primantis. Let's go cuttlefish. Because those a guys. Cuttlefish? Yeah. Those guys just passed like a cognitive exam for children or something like that the other day. What? Like they're, they're just, like, smart. smart. Yeah. They're like actually super smart. Cuttlefish? Cuttlefish. They're C-U- ridiculous. C-U-T-T. Yep. Ridiculously Whoa. smart. Ridiculously They passed smart. it. They gave it like a spelling exam or something? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they just basically made it understand the idea of like delayed gratification i guess you could say like oh wow yeah oh, they yeah. basically had like a door and it was like if the cuttlefish went to this door they would give it um like a like if the, if the cuttlefish could wait basically they would give it a live shrimp which they love but if it didn't wait to go through this door basically to go for the food it would get like cut up pieces of dead shrimp and they'd eat that still but they're like oh, this is dead shrimp and so like this cuttlefish kind of realized like they were just testing to see if over time it would go Oh no, if I wait like 30 seconds, they're going to take out the dead one and then put in a live one because I waited. He just realized it. And so he was just chilling. Like they would put in the dead shrimp, Whoa. I guess, and he was just chilling. And yeah, it was a really cool test. Whose and- job is it to be like, guys, let's run some tests on cuttlefish's delayed gratification? <laughs> Yeah, like, that, what, is that what marine biologists do? Is that what when people said that's what they wanted to do with their lives? And what do you do with that information now that we know they're that <laughs> smart? Now we can train them to attack yeah. Afghan. You know, raise them like our own. Some some world conservation. I forgot. It was like some. I was watching a TikTok on it. They just declared like crabs, octopuses, and lobsters, and all that stuff as sentient, in a hopes to like preserve, like to make them more conservation prone like species. Yeah, like. Because apparently crabs and lobsters, all that, they can feel pain. Like like in lobsters, brains run yeah, on the... They s- scream. Yeah. <laughs> when you, yeah. <laughs> you literally, you yeah. And they run on... Serot- lobsters' brains run on serotonin, very similar to how we do. Like when two males fight over a territory and one loses, he's like actually down bad. Like he's kind of depressed about it. And <laughs> yeah. He won't engage. Like if a female walks up to him, he won't even try to mate with her really. Like, 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 I, don't, kinda, yeah. I don't deserve it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, shoot. My worst for animals. Yeah. So cuttlefish. And then last one. It'd be I uh, got a marine animal. I got two marine animals up there, man. But you can throw Steve Irwin on there if you want. <laughs> You're gonna put a person? What, that'd be great, Steve, and then three animals. He's just up there with the animals he belongs. So now if he doesn't choose Steve Irwin, he's like, no, actually, I like. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually screwed up. <laughs> no, it's just a beetle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the uh, sticking to animals. I'll, I'll just put a harpy eagle. Okay, obviously. I've never, about this that. Is, I've never Googled this much during an episode. And, Harpy eagle. It's an eagle that can literally take monkeys out. Like, they're that big. They That's have my a, new favorite animal. <laughs> they have like an eight-foot They used to be monkeys. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, oh, dang. They, uh, they're huge. They'll, like, they almost, this thing's as big as a guy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Where do they live? Not here, right? Philippines, right? Or something like that? <laughs> around here. Or looks like, oh, yeah. I remember seeing a picture of this, too, because they were like, it looks like uh, it's Asia, right? Saruman. Sauron, the dragon, uh, from the guy, the Hobbit, the evil, the uh, culmination of Brazilian all Harvey Middle Eagle. Earth. Oh, uh, Brazilian, Brazilian, South American. I'm thinking of the Philippine eagle. New, New Guinea harpy. 
Noonan? That's close. No. <laughs> they got him in Noonan? I don't know. Oh, There's no. a lot of words, a lot of things here. I don't know. Oh, man. That is, uh, those are some good animals. Those were not on yeah, my list. Those are yeah. cool. Do you have your yeah. list? Uh, I really like um, African crocodiles. We Ooh. did a safari in Africa, and I remember seeing them laying on the bank like underneath us. Oh, God. And I've never been like more afraid of something. I was like, if I fell in, it would eat me, and it wouldn't even be full. <laughs> it was, they're so big and just like. Where were you? What part of Africa? We were in, um, that one was the Masai Mara. Masai Mara. Uh, is that a park? park? I think yeah. I think that's what. Or maybe I've heard of that. Where's that, that in? Um, in Kenya. 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 Yeah, let's say. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, "That is a dinosaur." And if I fell off of this ravine, I would be eaten by a dinosaur. And I'm just fascinated by them. Yeah, Nile crocs are crazy. That's like crocodiles. Yeah. Those yeah. Are, yeah. Gosh. I think mine would be all cute. Just all cute animals. Nothing that could hurt me. Yeah, like a meerkat. I don't want any fish that go through doors. <laughs> I don't want an eagle that can squeeze my head off. Just dumb, cute yeah, stuff. Yeah, it'd be like a sugar glider. Oh, it'd be like cute. a French bulldog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, George, the TikTok monkey that died. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. George. I'm just George. learning about him, and now he's dead. <laughs> yeah, what that a was an emotional sentence for me. I was like, oh, there's a new- oh, yeah. it's dead. Okay. And then what are the what are the little fake animals in the second new Star Wars, The Last Jedi? You know what I'm talking about? The little things look like little birds jumping around. Oh, uh, that were huge. They took over. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, I can't think of it though. I also really like otters. Whenever I go to like the aquarium or something, I just stand there watching the otters just swim around and play. And I'm just like, these are probably the coolest. You know, it's funny. Those are like sea otters. So sea otters are like the ones that everybody thinks are cute. But I really think the ones that are dope are the freshwater river otters. Like you can find them in Florida. You can actually find them up at this area too, somewhat. And then in South America, they call them water wolves because those things Whoa, are they're, water wolves. They're so aggressive, like it's crazy. <laughs> oh, they're porgs. The things from Star Wars, <laughs> yeah, those are. They look like a cat and a <laughs> sea lion. Yeah, <laughs> that would go on there. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, dumb. Otters are something. Um, I feel like we could just name animals and listen to Christian tell us facts about them <laughs> for like forever. Yeah, I asked that dumb question, but that answer was exce- far exceeded my expectations. Oh, okay, okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. Like, Cuttlefish. Here's their brains. And just <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of hate on this episode. What about dolphins? Yeah. <laughs> Come the, on. The dolphin community. They're they're avid listeners. Yeah. They're gonna be real upset. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. but mantis has got a lot of love. The so mantis has got a lot of love. Hey. Hoping to pick up some mantis fans. <laughs> um, when you bring in mantises from other countries, is there any problem with like? invasive species type stuff so our covid shipping insects sounds problematic to me shipping insects what is the protocol it's a big hobby it's a big hobby believe it or not and it's 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 like a a lot of the species are captive bred so what they do is though the initial shipment is like wild caught like maybe it's a wild species or you get the eggs from a wild species but then once it's in the u.s hobby you kind of rely on like experienced mantid keepers to breed them and then they usually sell them for a super high price if it's a rare species but then over time more and more people get their hands on them and breed their own. So then like the market just kind of has people you can buy from that are local breeders that are. Hmm. So that's, it's kind of the thing now. I mean, there's, it depends on the rarity of the species. I mean, and they can sell for a lot. Like if you want to, there's a species called the dragon mantis, Toxodera byeri. I, I looked online, just do it selling them for a thousand a piece. It was ridiculous. Whoa. I was like, is that the high, like, well, yeah, what is a good, but not like the greatest mantis, mantis. go for it? Oh, uh, if you, if you were getting into the hobby, starting off, you want to cool, I say the ghost mantis. It's like 
probably gonna look spend like 15 bucks on them and they're like from africa and tanzania and all that they look like dead leaves dried up that move it's really cool cool should we get a no worries if not ghost mantis yeah. to keep in here? yeah what what is the upkeep like what oh no they're not hard to keep at all you just need like a like a desk lamp with a, that gives off a little bit of ample heat it just just because it's cold in the summertime you could keep them at room temp and they'd chill and then you keep crickets and bugs and you feed them to them and all that and they they grow really well i recommend feeding them like moths and flies and like giving them a, a, a very diet yeah. pet store crickets have a lot of gut parasites and stuff that are bad yeah right. i can get into all that yeah but like yeah how often do you feed them they you'll see their body get swollen like after a big feed like they'll get so you don't want to feed them to the point where they explode because a lot of them will just eat like they'll eat <laughs> they'll eat eat i've had i had one eat to the point where i thought i gave her a meal that i thought would get her ready for breeding because when they're adult females they eat a lot to get make eggs and I just fed her too much and she ate till she like exploded basically. Like her, I was Dang. like, Dang. so it was, it was super disappointing, but that was um, my freshman year of college. It's going to make a joke. Gained a lot of weight. It's going to make a joke about taking someone on a date and getting them a mead of meal ready for breeding. It's <laughs> <laughs> what humans do too. It's just like red wine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so no, there's not too much of a problem with invasives when it comes to mantises, unless you, like, for example... If yeah, they're I not going to terrorize the environment. They, you'll, you know, they, so technically the Chinese mantis, Tenodera sinensis, is the one that we introduced here for pest control. So if you go on, like, eBay or Amazon, you want to, you like, prey mantis egg sac. In order, to, they would sell you these big little, like, brown balls that look like this. You put them outside on a stick and hot glue gun it to a stick or something like that. And in June, you look outside, there'd be 200 to 500 mantises pouring out of it, running all over the place the size of mosquitoes. And then you'd notice in your yard around August or September, there'd be these six inch long, like basically praying mantises staring you down in your yard, hunting lizards. And But that's the thing. They get so big that after they're little, little bugs and they eat other pest bugs, an adult female praying mantis will take out a bird, like a hummingbird or a small bird. I've, I've seen an adult Chinese mantis on the side of my house hunting a lizard. Like, I was wondering why this lizard was letting me get so close to it. Like, I was, like, face-to-face with it, and I looked up, and this female was just walking down the wall towards it. So, so it was like, please help. Kinda. But, yeah, that's kind of an example of an introduced invasive species that's used for pest control, if that makes sense. But that mantis is able to survive in our climate. If I tried to put a Asian dragon mantis in the middle of Kennesaw, Georgia, it might survive a day. Like, just because of how specific it needs the environment to live. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like... This is how invasive species are started, you know, like pythons. For you guys heard of the pythons in yeah. Florida. One reason why they're there and they can survive. If we, if I let a Burmese python go in Kennesaw, Georgia, it might survive the summer and spring, but it's probably not going to do too well in the winter. Like Florida, though, tropical climate, so right. it's just year-round. It's good. Just so exploded. Yeah. Wow, what a good prank. I'm going to start mantising people. <laughs> yeah, you just put a little... It's like rolling their houses, and now I'm just going to put a little egg sac in your front yard. Egg sac. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a long con, slow burn prank. <laughs> you're waiting months. Like, they don't know. Yeah, you just wait a year, and you start seeing Facebook statuses and be like, what is going on? What happens to all my uh, my hummingbirds that I love yeah. to look at? I look outside, and my newborn is just being carried across the yard. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, um, all right. Well, we have yeah we've taken a lot of your time <laughs> we could talk for probably another I hour know. this is i'm gonna say the most fascinated i've been on <laughs> our 26 episodes yeah this is all right. awesome. awesome i'm very <laughs> glad you didn't bring anything to show and tell like some other guests i was scared when you got out of the car i was like is he holding a cage is there anything oh no, 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 no. <laughs> scary yeah, yeah. Um, we're definitely gonna have to we're definitely gonna ask you back on you don't have to come back on but we're gonna, we're gonna i'm gonna think of some cool. more animal questions this and, is cool yeah we'll wait a few months to see any you know the new video content. That yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> give yeah. me back in. Let yeah. us know once you start dealing with venom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what we really want to see. <laughs> uh, no, where not. can people follow along? 
Um, TikTok, uh, I believe our, our ad is like Caveman Wildlife Crew. Instagram, it's Caveman Wildlife. I have a Twitter. It's just a Christian Cave. I think I, th- I tried to make a professional quote unquote Twitter. But yeah, um, and then YouTube soon. So we'll be the Caveman Wildlife Crew on YouTube soon. And that's where people are going to be able to go for a longer documentary style content. So it's going to be a lot more educational. Yeah. Like the TikTok and Instagram is kind of like, it's easy to get the impression that this is just a guy harassing wildlife. He, <laughs> he kind of knows what he's talking about. But it's like, that's only because I have 50 seconds before I, for Instagram, you know, before I have to make an IGTV. And yeah. If you do an IGTV, it gets significantly less views. And yeah. TikTok, it's like, if I don't have you in the first 10 seconds, you're just not going to watch. Sure. So. And YouTube's yeah. where you're gonna get to know the crew a little more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, you'll get to see the crew and their personalities and how we all flow together. We're shooting a documentary on a pretty rare species uh, in January. We partnered up with the zoo for this one and oh, cool. and a conservation group. So it's gonna be. Can crazy. we know the species awesome. or is that a secret? Um, yeah, it shouldn't be a secret. Um, we haven't gotten like confirmed, confirmed for it. So like, but like we they said they'd work with us for sure. But it's called an eastern indigo snake. So it's a it's a the rarest snake arguably in North America. It gets hmm. like nine feet long and it's jet black Whoa. and eats Eastern diamondback rattlesnakes for breakfast. So it's like a, but they're federally endangered. So it's like a you, good guy. Yeah, it's a good guy, but you can't touch it or else you'll get like a felony on your, oh, your charge. Yeah, it's that endangered. So Whoa. we partnered up with some conservation efforts for that species. So it should be cool. We should be able to do some cool stuff. I usually don't want to touch snakes, but now that I know it's illegal, I'm like, I kind of want to touch that snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm still good. I'm still good on that. <laughs> I am broken. Um, what is your email sign off? What is the last thing you put in an email before your name? Is it like nature related or is it, yeah, is it stay wild? Christian, <laughs> Don't touch that snake. <laughs> I, I just, I keep pretty simple. I say, thank you for your time type deal or thanks. Like Christian cave. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Well, Christian cave. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thanks. We appreciate thank it. You guys. Awesome. No worries. If not, no worries.